Man, oh man, you know it's baseball season when Patrick Corbin, first inning, back-to-back home runs, we saw it coming. But wait, there is, could be, not is, there could be a fix to this. I'm going to get to that right after this. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And as I've already alluded to, Patrick Corbin is in midseason form. And let's be honest. We kind of saw this coming. We did. I'm sorry. I may have lied to everyone. I may have said just a week ago that Patrick Corbin could potentially have a bounce back season. And when I say a bounce back season, I'm not saying he's going to be in Cy Young contention again. We know that. That's over with. It's water under the bridge, man. You're not going to be a Cy Young winner again. We get it. We get it. But here's what he can do. And this is something that I've thought of since we signed this pitcher. <clears throat> and I believe that Patrick Corbin is set up to be a potential opener for Trevor Williams when that role gets made. Here's why I think that. Patrick Corbin, when facing batters, just in general, not even the first time through the order, but in particular, the first time through the order, that's when he's had his general most success, you could say. Once you get around the third inning, not like today, but usually that's when he starts to get rocked around. When batters start to see him a little bit more, they start to see the slider, and then they start to catch on to it. But also, it's not just what they see. It's just the fact that he can't locate his slider down in the zone, and that's where he needs it to be. And when he does locate it low in the zone, It's in the dirt, which does work from time to time. It does get some rookie hitters, some kind of low IQ baseball players who are swinging at that ball in the dirt. You get fooled. It happens to everyone. But also, the way that he misses, and Davey Martinez spoke about that yesterday. After the game, he actually said, he was like, we need to get this message through him. This is not quote for quote, but this is basically what he said. We got to get this message through him. He can't locate the pitches down in the zone. He hasn't been able to do that recently. And that's true. He has not been able to locate his pitches down in the zone. You and I know this. This is basic, simple stuff. It's not the fact that Patrick Corbin is trying to hang his slider or to hang his 92-mile-per-hour fastball. He's not trying to do that. But also, if you're going to be throwing pitches like that, you better be able to throw that ball low in the zone, just like he did in 2019. So this opener situation that I have thrown out there and that I have wanted and died for for months now is that Patrick Corbin should be an opener. 
That should be his role. That is his role, in my opinion. That is what Patrick Corbin is nowadays. Because here's the thing. What does 2023 mean to you? And more importantly, what does it mean to the Washington Nationals? Well, I've said it. The two Ds. You're going to draft well, and you're going to develop well. That's the Nationals' goal for 2023. And also, ask yourself this question. What does this player mean to us in the next postseason run? And in this scenario, what does Patrick Corbin mean to the Washington Nationals in their next postseason run? I'll tell you now, nothing. There is no chance Patrick Corbin is back with the Washington Nationals after his contract wraps up after the 2024 season. I'll put that, I'll put a dent in that real quick. But here's what we have to do. You have to have Patrick Corbin at least pitch. Because at this point, we know with the ownership situation still up in the air, they're not going to come to an agreement on a buyout. The Lerner family just will not cut a check to someone who is simply not performing with this team. And what a buyout would do is they would, the two parties would just come to an agreement on a deal that fits them best, and then Patrick Corbin's a free agent, and he may sign a minor league contract elsewhere. Because at this point, is he going to be getting a major league contract? Probably not. And I'm thinking way down the road, but he hasn't been a quality starting pitcher since 2019. Let alone, he hasn't even been a bad starting pitcher since 2019. He has been the worst pitcher in baseball since that COVID season. And that's no exaggeration either. That's just the times that we are in. But here's how we have to figure this out. Patrick Corbin's not going anywhere. So what do we do with him now? Do we just throw him in the bullpen? and have him come out there when we're losing by five runs, hopefully eats up some innings, and that's that. No. Before we get to that, we got to do some other things first, and that's by starting out with this opener role. And not only that, you have the perfect pair to actually make this a thing and make this a part of your rotation. Stick Patrick Corbin back at the five spot in the rotation. And when you do that, guess who you have to come in to relieve him? Trevor Williams, Trevor Williams, who has played that role, who has been a fire extinguisher for good teams in the past, who just comes in and eats innings. Because guess what? That's kind of what the Nationals signed this guy to do. But they're making him a starter at first. They want him to make this work out as a starting pitcher. And obviously, we know why they're doing that. Because at the trade deadline, when you're shopping someone like Trevor Williams, If he's a starting pitcher and he's been balling out, guess what? His trade value, way up. We know that. But also, at the end of the day, you have to do what's best for the team. And that is some coach speak, tough speak stuff that I don't like. Like the, you got to do what's best for the team. But it's right. So can you actually go out there every five games and be like, Patrick Corbin is our starter? No, 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 no. Because this is what you do. You open with Patrick Corbin. Maybe he goes two innings or until he starts to get rocked around. Trevor Williams is hot, ready to go, out of the bullpen. And then there you have it for your next three innings. And then if Trevor Williams is bad or if this doesn't work out, guess what? It probably isn't going to work out after all with Patrick Corbin as a starting pitcher at this moment and have him go four to five innings a night. Because he can't do that at this point. 
we just can't. And also, is this an overreaction? Sure. It's one game. He gave up back-to-back home runs to two of the best players in baseball with the former MVP, Paul Goldschmidt, and then Nolan Arenado in the first inning. And by the way, they went six for six today and getting on base. So was this an overreaction? Maybe so. But then again, for two years now, he has been the worst starting pitcher in baseball. And then you account 2020 as well, he was a bad starting pitcher. So that's why it's starting to, you have to start thinking about this. You have to start looking at this from a long-term scenario. Because I just don't see the Nationals and Davey Martinez being like, we got to give this guy the ball every five days. We're paying him this much amount of money. Something's got to give, right? We love the guy. He's always healthy, which is a great thing. He's a mentor to the guys in the clubhouse. Well, yes, he is. But this can't be a thing anymore, especially when you have guys like Jake Irvin, who's going to be ready, hot and ready to go in the bigs any moment this season. Someone like Cole Henry, who could take up that spot in the rotation. And then another guy, maybe like uh, uh, a Jackson Tetro that you want to see coming in and to start some games here and there. There are guys, there are options for the Nationals to actually make this thing work and to make it a well-oiled machine once again. Or even a guy like Jackson Rutledge, your 2018 first-round pick, who hasn't really done too much, or 2019. My apologies. So that's the point. We Can we all come to an agreement with that? We can't see Patrick Corbin every five days for the Nationals, if this is what the story is going to be every time. Because I'm already tired about talking about Patrick Corbin. I can't do it anymore. I want to see the guy have success. But then again, I ask the question that I ask for every single position. Is this veteran who is not that good anymore blocking someone else who could be taking that spot and who is ready to go in the bigs? And the answer is yes. That's Jake Irvin. That's Jackson Rutledge, Cole Henry, whenever he is ready. So, yes, he is blocking that potential. And also, Trevor Williams is as well. Trevor Williams is one of those guys also. Maybe you have Corey Abbott start some games. I don't know. But at this point, it can't be as bad as Patrick Corbin. You cannot convince me at this point. With all that being said, I do want to see Patrick Corbin be a normal starter to start the year. Get him three starts in, and if it is what we've seen over the last few years, then it's time to pull the plug, and we got to find another plan for Patrick Patrick Corbin moving forward. But can we talk about how some young Nationals stars, maybe, have been wildly impressive so far during spring training? I got three guys, in my opinion, who have showed out in spring training, and Let's say that it's only been a few games. But then again, these are big guys to the development of this national team. And this is an important part to this national team and to having any sort of success moving forward. So I'm going to have three guys that you're going to want to hear about. But before, I'm going to tell you guys about my friends over at FanDuel. And the midway point of the NBA season is here. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. 
Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. And here's what I'm going to do tonight, guys. The Warriors money line. Easy. Easy on a Wednesday. Warriors, come on. One of the best teams in basketball. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance to a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment worth FanDuel, the official sportsbook betting partner of the NBA. And now let's get into some happy news as we have to talk about spring training and what some of these guys have shown us with as far as what their future goes. And this is something to where I didn't really have too many expectations for this Washington National going into 2023. But here's what I'll say. Jake Alou, I've talked about him. I've discussed Jake Alou. I've discussed the prospect that he is. And this is someone who is starting to make sense for the Nationals. Now, here's this. Do I expect Jake Lou to start out with the Washington Nationals in our, on opening day? No. I do not expect that at this point when you have guys like Candelario, Dominic Smith, veterans that will be getting their opportunities, Il, Ildemaro Vargas as well, and maybe even Carter Keboom, if he gets ready in time. He could be the one to get called up beforehand. But... Here's what we've been told about Jake Alou. He's a hitter, a flat-out slugger. This guy hits. And also, I was talking with my friend Talk Nats over, over on Twitter the other day, and he was even saying how he's heard that he is a wildly good defender as well. I It's not that I haven't heard that. I haven't seen that for myself. So I don't, I don't want to give an opinion on something that I haven't seen for myself, but certainly someone of his caliber who keeps up with the Nationals daily just like we do, I'm going to take that for granted. And so I've seen it from the plate. I've seen the numbers that this guy has put up the last two years. And again, only 24 years old, 25 years old, coming out of Boston College, a 24th round selection in the 2019 draft. I'm rooting for this guy, man. I'm rooting for him so hard. And just to see him get two hits in his first spring training at bat with the Nationals this year, gets a double in the gap and he scorched the ball. Now, he's not some big power bat, but then again, the guy hits, man. You can't deny that. And so that's why I'm looking at Jake Alou as someone who could and should be a call-up by May. He's not going to have some big opening celebration to where we're going to be talking about Jake Alou all day. But then again, this is someone who has put up numbers. And the fact that MLB Pipeline has now put him in the Nationals' top 30 prospect list He's starting to take notice of not just the Nationals fans around here, but from a national media perspective. People who cover prospects daily, they're starting to notice the kid. And we're starting to notice him. He's hitting, man. That makes a difference with the Nationals. We need young talent like Jake Alou to pour out. Just like that with young talent goes, give it up for Jeter Downs. Jeter Downs, a former top prospect in baseball, a top 100 prospect, one of the main pieces in return for Mookie Betts. Well, he got DFA'd 
over in the offseason by the Red Sox. Guess who picked them up? The Washington Nationals. And guess who has had a productive spring training so far? That is Mr. Jeter Downs himself. And here's the thing with Jeter. We all saw the -the over-the-shoulder catch that he made over the weekend. It was a sick catch. A catch that you don't really see too many big leaguers make. But he made it look effortless. And not only did he make it look effortless, his offense has been showing up in a limited at-bats now. He's only had one at-bat so far. But, or one hit so far, rather. But then again, Jeter Downs is someone who has something to prove. And being a top pick coming out of high school, this is a big deal for the Nationals. We need someone like Jeter Downs who maybe just needed a new area to get familiar with. Maybe he just needed a new system, a new partner that actually believes in him. And maybe that's what we have here with the Nationals. Maybe he sees us as important as we see him. Now, we're not putting all the chips in the middle on Jeter Downs being a stud. After all, he was DFA'd, and we do recognize that. But also, if Jeter Downs, the 24-year-old, can produce for the Nationals moving forward in whatever position he may play, whether it be third base, a DH, second base, whatever it is, that is value, especially for someone who is a former top pick out of high school. This is what we need, and this is what the Nationals need in particular. Not only the fans, do we just need young talent that we can actually surround ourselves with and give hope to. Jeter Downs is one of those guys, but also he showed it out so far in spring training by flashing the glove and then flashing a hit as well. And again, an RBI. This is someone who has struggled at the plate mightily since 2021. And this is where he's going to need to turn it around at the plate. So... Am I putting all the chips in the middle on Jeter Downs? No. But I am going to recognize that I've been impressed so far. And it's as simple as that. But also, last but not least on who I've been impressed with or not for the Washington Nationals. This is someone who we desperately, desperately need to pan out for the Nationals this year. And that's catcher Kiber Ruiz for the Washington Nationals. And I say that, here's why. We know it now. Kiber Ruiz was a top 50 prospect, one of the premier prospects we got back in that Trey Turner, Max Scherzer deal. We need Kiber Ruiz to hit at the plate. We know what he can do defensively. We know what his ceiling is defensively, but we were promised a power hitter behind the plate, someone who's going to take command of ball games. And we haven't seen it just yet. But here's my thing with Kiber. I needed him to stop chasing pitches. And what I mean by that, he can't be getting fooled by sliders anymore in the dirt or a curveball or a changeup. He's got to stop chasing, and he's got to let the game come to him. And that's what I've seen so far down in spring training. He hasn't been chasing that low away curveball the way that he has back in the day. And also with that, he's added two hits with it so far in five at-bats. With an RBI, he's been getting on base. That's what we need to see from Kiber Ruiz. This is what we want from the young catcher. Because lo and behold, if you guys aren't aware of it, guess what? Ruiz is a huge part of this Nationals beat rebuild. He is. And especially considering what we just traded at the 2022 deadline, if we see the results this year and Kiber Ruiz is not good, guess what? 
Nationals fans, you and I, we're going to start to sour our way into not liking that Juan Soto deal. Then we're going to start questioning that and what we got back in return. It doesn't matter what they're producing down there. Because we traded for Kiba Ruiz when he was in AAA, ready to go into the majors. And he was balling. When we got him, he was hitting really well down in the minors. So, with that, the Nationals are going to have to have a productive season from Kiba Ruiz. So, it's nice to see him get off to this hot start. And then again, it's only two games, three games at this point, whatever. So, there's time to grow for him. But it's just been nice to actually see that growth at some point, even if it's just within a few at-bats. I've liked what I've seen from all three of those guys, and that is an important, important aspect to spring training is to see the young guys and see what they can do, especially in a rebuilding year, because that's what's important for the Nationals. That is the key to the future, is getting the young guys their reps and then moving forward and see what they can actually be moving forward with the Nationals or whoever franchise they choose to go to next, whatever. But now I got to talk about who has not impressed for the Washington Nationals that I'll get to right after this. I won't be a Debbie Downer for too long on this. I know we've been dragged in the mud this offseason. It's not been a fun offseason. I understand that. It hasn't been a fun few years, in fact. We get it. I won't harp on the negative too much, but I got to give you my three guys who have not impressed so far. And I'm going to start off with J-Mayor Candelario. And in, in fact, I only have two guys. I don't want to do three guys. Two is enough. J-Mayor Candelario, we signed you to be the third baseman for the Washington Nationals. You led the league in doubles in 2021. So far, I have not seen it. And I saw Mark Zuckerman tweet this the other day, Mark Zuckerman over on Masson, and he was really pleasantly surprised with what he saw defensively from Candelaria, which is something we need to see from the Nationals defense. The Nationals defense in the first half last year was terrible. It was unacceptable, unacceptably terrible. You will never win with a defense like that. But here's what I will say about Candelario. So far, he's kind of impressed defensively, supposedly. And he's kind of wowed some of the reporters. Now he's not a defensive guru. He's not going to be this genius that he he's not going to be at the plate either. But he's definitely more of a genius at the plate than he is in the field is what I've been told. But now, I don't know. Maybe Candelario is a defensive wizard and we just never knew. Because I haven't really seen it too much at the plate. And when I don't see a lot of reporters down there at spring training discussing Candelario and what he's done, especially when he's like, what, the second biggest name that we signed this offseason, you would expect that people would want to be talking about him if he was doing good things. Now, that is just my spring training report from someone who is not actually there. So maybe he has been wildly impressive during practices that reporters are able to see and they just haven't been able to report it. Maybe I'm wrong on that. But from what I've seen in the game action, compared to what I've seen talked about over on Twitter, or however you get your news, hasn't been that good to Candelario. I'll just say that. Also, another name 
And I have said, I have harped on that this guy is going to need to start fast in 2023 and has not done that just yet. That is Lane Thomas. I have talked about Lane Thomas and his tendency to start very slow during the first half of the baseball season. And then once it warms up in the summer, that's when Lane starts to warm up. So Lane Thomas has not showed it so far, but also we got to see it from Lane Thomas and Lane Thomas has got to see it for himself because guess what? You got Robert Hassel coming up, Elijah Green in a few years, James Wood in a few years, Christian Vaccaro in a few years as well. Lane Thomas is going to have to show that he can be a part of, of this next postseason team with the Nationals. He's going to have to start fast. Then also not even talking about in the future of being in a postseason team, you got Corey Dickerson, Yadiel Hernandez. We know the Nationals love to use Yadiel Hernandez. Plus other guys like Stone Garrett. You're going to want to see opportunities for him. Plus other guys. We understand about guys and opportunities for 2023. And Lane Thomas is one of them who will have to take advantage of every single opportunity given to him because it's not guaranteed down the road. Victor Robles is not a guaranteed trade candidate. So with that, you're going to have to produce to show your worth in the Nationals outfield. I'm not saying we're going to trade away James Wood because Lane Thomas is producing. But then again, I like what we see from Lane Thomas. I like that he's a plus defender. And at times, he seems to have a plus bat with power. And that's just at times. But you see the point. Is the young guys, kind of like Lane Thomas, who's on that fence of a young guy or not. But we need to see results. And they need to be quick. So, that's my wrap up for the Nationals. Not spring training, but that's my good in the bad so far from what I've seen from spring training. So thanks for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find it at Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network where you get your team every single day day so thank you for sticking around guys and if you haven't already follow me over on twitter at ryan clary 11 and if you haven't subscribed to the youtube page subscribe at locked on nationals over on youtube i will talk to you guys tomorrow